She shuffles in flea market slippers too big for her flat walk-on lava feet. You go and grow into them, no worries. She veils her tears in a hand-me-down, hasn't been quite white in a while, moo moo You gotta wear that to church, so stop making any kind or you're gonna get it. She feels adult in her first brand-new blouse-knot shirt she buys from the Ben Franklin sale rack. You better wear them to school and take them off when you get home or else. She hand washes and hangs it oh so carefully, fingers tracing edges of blue and white scallops. You stay stop daydreaming and finish the laundry. She shows it off once a week, imaginary books on top of her head and her back model straight. You better stop wearing it, your chi-chi stay getting too big. 
She buys heels with backs rubbing her skin raw, blood dripping. You going need band-aid, but not going for help you. She pinches her toes hard to fit. You go and get hammerjang feet. A lesson she learns in ache, scrubbing the dried mess of her mistakes, the leather ruined forever. Melissa Lanis Brownlee with Aloha Oi. This was published at Scrawl Place, The Lady in White. I walk by the side of the road in my best white mu'u mu'u, my hair wild. I am waiting for someone to notice me out of the corner of their eye, someone who doesn't know the rule. You when remember for make tarry chicken musubi, right? No like get the white lady on us this morning. Yeah, no worries. No get pork in this car. I have walked this lonely stretch between Kona and Hilo for as long as people have driven their cars, their horses, their carts along this path at night. Mauna Kea and Mauna Loa, my former homes, slope away from me to the stars. You stay speeding. Slow down. You're going to hit somebody. I no like drive saddle road at night. We should have left Hilo early. You wanted for eat Ken, so now we gotta drive into dark. I am not sure I like this form, but I wear it all the same. Mom, where the white lady go when it no stay night time? She go back Kilauea. Where you think she going go? Why she leave day in the first place? Tita, I don't know. Even your great-great Tutuwahine when remembered the white lady. I miss the days filled with stories of my loves, my jealousy, my rage. Now I am just a ghost of myself, always walking the road they have made for me. Whose land are you on? Visit native-land.ca to find out.
A Ghost Under the Kitchen Sink. This was published at Macro Mike. Sammy's mom has Sammy's bed facing away from the door because that's how the devil enters your body when you are asleep. And the devil would like nothing better than to possess a girl like you from your toes right on up to your head. So her bed is against the wall under the window she isn't allowed to open because evil spirits like to come in, especially when your room isn't clean. Sometimes she likes to look into the darkness and catch a glimpse of any spirit trying to enter her room, imagining a swirl of hair and glinty eyes. Sammy must always keep her room immaculately clean, especially under her bed, because ghosts feel welcome if they have clothes and towels and books and bags to hide among. Ghosts want to grab you and pull you under there, taking you to their world. She imagines a dark-haired girl with unblinking eyes grinning at her, waiting to pull her down as she looks under her bed to check if it's clean, knowing that the things under her bed have nothing to do with ghosts. Sammy never puts her purse on the floor, even in her room. Always hang your purse on a chair or on a hook. Spirits will steal your luck and take all of your money. She doesn't really have any money, but she knows that when she does, she will lose it as quickly as she gets it, even if her purse never touches the ground. Sammy's parents tell her not to whistle at night, they will get you if you whistle. Evil spirits love to take little girls who whistle at night. They tell her not to clip her fingernails at night, too. Dark witches love to collect your bits and use them to curse you. So she is always careful to never whistle no matter how much she wants to, and to bury her fingernail clippings in the bottom of the trash where no witch can find them. When Sammy's parents leave her at home one night, she absolutely knows there was a ghost under the kitchen sink full of dishes she was supposed to wash and dry and put away. And she runs across the street to the neighbors, crying and shaking, snot streaming down her nose and into her mouth, hiccuping about dark hair and dark eyes behind the bottle of dish soap. When her parents come home to a house with the doors open, all of the lights on, the dishes still dirty in the sink and no Sammy, the neighbors try to bring her back, but she is screaming about the girl under the kitchen sink and crumples on the neighbor's perfectly green lawn, knowing that there are worse things than a ghost under the kitchen sink. It's all a smoky haze and bourbon dreams The roaded wines and the wind it screams But it all seems like nothing It all seems like nothing Inspiration Blossoms fall and my eye it sees, but it all seems like nothing. 
It all seems like nothing. Every moment bright or dark. I search for meaning of a spark. The haze, the dreams. Inspiration teams, the blossoms, the fields. Rain never yields silver. Guess it all seems like something. It all seems like something. Every day there are fields of square. Always full and always bare, but it all seems like nothing. It all seems like nothing. The sky it clouds and the rain it falls. Hope is drowned in the Blues it calls, but it all seems like nothing. It all seems like nothing. Every moment, bright or dark, I search for meaning of a spark. The haze the dreams, inspiration teams, the blossoms, the fields, rain never yields, so why, guess it all seems like something, it all seems like something, every moment, bright or dark, Search for meaning of a spark. The haze of dreams, inspiration teams, the blossoms, the fields. Rain never yields, so why? Guess it all seems like something. Guess it all seems like something I guess it all seems like something after all. that was Melissa Lonis Brownlee with it all seems like relax said the nightman this was published at newfound Jen gets picked up for her babysitting job by Mr. Miller, call me Ted, in a silver sports car. It's the only time she ever babysits for the Millers. She runs her hands along the taupe leather of the interior, admiring the space-age dashboard. When they leave her alone with Teddy, put him to bed at nine, don't let him watch TV. She puts Teddy on the beige sectional with a book, and wanders over to the compact disc player Ted showed her how to use, and she pulls out the Eagles, 
from among the Beatles, the Smiths, the Dead Kennedys, Kansas, Boston, Chicago, takes out the shiny silver donut with her fingers, holding it like a sandwich, remembering Ted telling her to be careful not to get smudges on the discs, and plops it down, pushing play and waiting for Hotel California to play. She strokes the top of the stereo, another space-age machine of silver, leaving more smudges. She fingers the weird mask on the wall, all bristly hair and staring eyes, the pupils open to the acru paint behind it. She goes into the kitchen and opens the fridge. Let Teddy have a snack if he gets hungry. And sees an unopened bottle of white wine. Pops off the cork and takes a sip, burning her throat. Pops the cork back on and puts it back. She lifts out a silver knife from another space-age contraption, dots running along its handle and cuts a single strand of her hair with it. She pretends she's a pirate or a murderer, stabbing the air, her grip firm and true. She puts the knife back, sliding it swiftly into its sheath of metal, the ringing sound echoing around her, guitars shifting gears in the background as the tempo speeds up. She goes back to the fridge for another nip before getting the plate of cheese and crackers the Millers left for Teddy. She puts it on the sofa next to him, but he doesn't seem interested, so she gobbles a few of them before heading to the bathroom to pee. Along the walls are pictures of the Millers without Teddy, sunny and blonde and rich. Mrs. Miller is long and lean, always in white. Teddy is long and muscled, not too much, and also in white and sometimes in khaki. She runs her hands along their bodies, white shimmering under her cheesy cracker fingers. In the bathroom, please use this one, it's for guests. We've locked our bedroom because Teddy likes to sleep in our bed and we are training him out of that. She closes the door behind her. The white and beige and silver follow her. She lifts her shirt, her breasts bigger than they should be for her age and pushes them against the mirror. She runs the water hot and puts her cheesy cracker fingers under it until they are scalded, rubbing them against her mirror-cold skin. Teddy doesn't fight her when she tells him to go to bed. She finishes his cheese and crackers, puts the dishes in the sink, and has just a little more wine. She hits play again and listens until the Millers come home. Ted drives her back to the not-so-nice neighborhood. The window's down, the night air sweet and cool. He tips her an extra twenty for the night, pushing the money into her pocket before she can take it from him, his hard fingers digging into her skin. Are you or anyone you know a musician? Amateur, professional, experimental? Do you tell stories with music and song? Are you interested in being considered for a potential feature on Mr. Bear's Violet Hour? If you have answered yes to any of these questions, please send samples of your work, links to Bandcamp, SoundCloud, your website, digital demo tape files on Google Docs, whatever you have, to violethourmoon at gmail.com. This one was published at Rigorous, Any Kind Boy.
Kea went almost try kill me again today. Sometimes I stay think he never mean it. Sometimes I stay think he does. I was trying for ride the ten-speed dad went pick up for me from his friend at the National Guard. It was cherry. Still good even though stay used. My first bike was used too. Dad went buy him off one neighbor. I don't know how much it went cost, but mom probably wouldn't think it was too expensive. That bike wasn't as cherry as this one. Kea was pedaling his brand new BMX hard down the hill, trying for race me. Low, low kid. I went decide to slow down so he stay even with me, but then I went see him look at me and he went smile. Then he went pull his bike in front of me. I went hit his front tire and went fly over my handlebars and slam my head against the street. They never take me hospital. I went try for stand up, but I went palu. I never eat pineapple. Why every time you stay throw up get pineapple? Kea was crying. Garens, he stay acting. The front wheel on my bike was all kapakaki. I never even ride him for one day. No way they gonna try fix him. I gonna probably get dirty lickings for that. My parents let Kea get away with choke kind stuff. One time, he went want candy, so he went open all the army sea ration cans in the closet, forget the gum, candy, and cakes inside. When my dad went find out, he never even get dirty lickens. I always get lickens for small kind stuff. No clean our room? Lickens. No cook the rice? Lickens. Watch TV after school? Lickens. He stay eat mom's Oreos. He went lie? I get lickens. He never do his homework. I get lickens. He my kuliana, they went say. My kuliana? My okole. He never listened to me. I try for tell them that, but Kea just say he always listened to me. I cannot even give him cracks, because he go and cry, and I go and get dirty lickens for hitting him. One time, we stay walking home from school. I just wanted for go home, do my homework, clean the house, and watch He-Man. Kea was talking story. I wasn't listening. I was wishing I had the power of Grayskull, and I was making sure the big black dog in the house down the street was in the backyard and not the front. In real fast kind, I wouldn't feel his shoulder hit my side just as one pickup truck came cruising past us. He wouldn't try push me into the road, and he just wouldn't laugh. Why for you do that? I wouldn't almost get all bus up. Cause funny, that's why. I'd go and tell Dad. So, I no care. He not going give me lickens anyway. I went walk behind him, and I went totally forgot about the big black dog. He went rush us. He was growling and barking. Luckily, he was on one chain. I just wanted for go home, but Kea went stop. Look at that stupid dog. You always stay scared of him. He went pick up one rock from the sidewalk, and he went throw it at the dog. It went go flying and hit the dog on the head. The dog went shut up, but I went grab Kea's arm and I went start running. I never liked the neighbors know it was us. He was laughing and trying for keep up with me. Oh, you and see that stupid dog's face when the rock went hit him? We go and get dirty lickens if the neighbor find out was us. I not go and get dirty lickens. They stay know you the one who stays scared of the dog. I just going to tell him was you. I never like hassle with him because he stay right. They always believe him. One time, we went go boogie boarding down white sands. I was just riding the waves. 
I never even cut him off, and he went tried to choke me with his boogie board leash when I was trying for paddle out for catch some more. I went telling him because I went almost drown, and they never believed me. Kaya never do that. He stay so small. I bet you went just swim through his leash because you was daydreaming like you always stay doing. You should be watching your brother. If I catch you daydreaming out there, I am taking you to the car. I went just keep my mouth shut and watch him smile as we went walk back to the water. My neck had one mean leash burn on it. I never even liked surf anymore, but if I never go out, he was going cry and tell on me. He was sitting on his bed watching me trying not for Palu. I wanted for sleep, but Dad wouldn't tell me I couldn't yet. I went out-out earlier for clean the pineapple off me. I was sitting up in bed in my sleeping clothes. I couldn't see good, and I wanted for close my eyes. Hey, no go sleep. You're not supposed to. I'm not going sleep. Just go away. I know like talk story with you. Mom going give you dirty lickings when she get home. She not going. I never do nothing. She going to send you back to your motto when she find out you wouldn't make your bike all hammerjang. I went try look over at him, but my head went start to pound. I never even, you wouldn't made my bike all kapakahi, was cherry. Not even, was old, not cherry like my BMX. Now your bike is all bust like you. I stay tired of his hassles. What he wouldn't say was true. Mom would probably give me dirty lickings and tell me she going to send me back to my mother. She never going to believe me. I never even tell Dad. Kaya wouldn't know I wouldn't tell on him. I never see his bike, but I bet he going to tell him stay my fault to stay broken, and I go and get it for that, too. I never let go back to my mother. I would never live with her, even though sometimes she'd come by and take me go visit my other brothers who live around the island. I know she my mother, but that's it. One time, Kaya wanted for go, too, but Mom told him no because she wasn't his mother and they wasn't his brothers. Kaya wouldn't call me adopted. It was the first time he wouldn't ever do that. I wouldn't get angry, and I wouldn't tell him at least I stayed chosen. I think maybe that's when he wouldn't start making any kind to me. My head wouldn't feel so heavy and light at the same time. I wouldn't know I'm never going to say anything about Kaya to our parents. He stay my little brother, and he stay my Kuliana. Da Pier by Melissa Lannis Brownlee. This was published at Santa Fe Writers Project. Note, this piece is written in Hawaiian Pigeon Creole, and most of the language has been preserved to maintain the originality and truth of the author. We hemo our shorts and t-shirts and kick off our slippers. We throw them on my backpack and I run off to pier. I pull up my legs to make the biggest splash. My little sister, she stay right behind me. I hit the water hard. It's cool but feels good after walking in the sun. I kick myself up and take a breath. I dive back to the bottom so I can touch it. My ears ache and my eyes burn as I look at the hazy shapes of the coral rocks and big tires around me. Little groups of striped manini picking the limu off of them. 
I turn over. I can see my sister above me. I swim up and grab her leg. She kicks me in the head, and I come up coughing and laughing. How come you and try scare me? Cause funny, that's why. I going tell mom. Why, I was just kidding. You know she going give us dirty lickings. I no care. Fine, be like that. Go tell mom. See if I care. I swim away from her towards the little sandy beach against the seawall. We went leave our mom where she went park the car behind World Square. She went give us five dollars each and told us to come back by six and to not bother her at work. She'd been wearing her short work muumuu. She hated it. She always kept pulling its pink flowers away from her. She worked at the pearl factory. They made all kind bracelets and necklaces from freshwater pearls because they were cheaper than the real ones. They sold real ones too, but they were real expensive. They had one tank with oysters inside, and you could pick one and cut them open. And if you found pearls, you could keep them. They were like five dollars, so you could score big time if you got any kind pearls. Mom had to talk story with the tourists and try get them to put their pearl in one setting, you know, like one ring or one necklace. She got a good commission if she could do that. And if never have one pearl, she'd try talk story with them and get them for buy something else. She'd give them one discount so the tourists no feel like they wouldn't get scammed. One time she got one tourist for buy not only the oyster that never have pearl, but also a real pearl necklace and one ring to match. That was one good day. She went take us all out sizzler for steak and all you can eat shrimp to celebrate. Was so ono. I try catch one small kind wave onto the beach, but it isn't big enough for body surf. I dunk my head back into the water so my hair not all hamajang and walk to the stairs on the side of the seawall. I want for climb the rock wall next to the dock, but I still small kind angry at my sister, and I never like hassle with her. I can see her scrambling up it like one monkey. She going jump in the water before me. I hope she try flip and land on her back. I know she going cry, but I not going be looking. When I climb to the top, De Pere stay busy. I can see one boat dropping off to tourists from the big cruise ship that stay out in the bay. Just great. They going be throwing coins into water for us for dive. I know my sister going dive. She never like spend any kind money, but she sure like getting free kind money. Hey Lolo, get tourist day coming. You going dive? What you think? And no call me Lolo or I going tell mom. I can hear them talking about us. Oh, look at those cute little brown kids. Aren't they adorable? Look at them jump off the dock. The kids who like money always wait on the dock for see if the tourist going throw money or not. The kids who still stay in the water climb up so fast when they know they stay coming. I just sit on the side and wait for him to pass. Some of the kids show off doing flips. I just roll my eyes. Should we throw some money in the water for them? Do you think it's safe? Look at them; they are practically fish. I listen and stare at the dark steeple on top of Mokuaikawa Church. I don't want them talking to me. We went cross Ali'i Drive before Mom's work. We never like get dirty lickings for bothering her. We went walk under the big banyan tree next to Hulihe Palace, trying not for step on the squashed and stinky seeds all over the ground. The palace used to be the home of the Ali'i when they went stay in Kona. Now it's one museum. 
I wouldn't go there for one field trip. The beds stay huge. Metutu said Da Ali were real tall. He went tell me King Kamehameha was over seven feet. I wouldn't believe it. The palace stay across the street from the church. My dad said the church was the oldest one in Hawaii. We went to the Mormon church up Hamburger Hill, so I never been inside. The outside was covered in lava rocks and cement, like they went just scoop up all the rocks around them for make their church. The roofs stay white, but the steeples stay brown. I went here that the buildings in town no can be higher than the steeple. I was pretty sure the hotel was taller, but maybe I stay wrong. We went walk along to Palace's rock wall before we went get on to seawall. There was one baby beach, but we never like swim over there. It stay too shallow, and we like jump. I went try for help my little sister climbed a wall which was higher than her. She was my kuliana, but she really was one brat. I no need help. Shoots. I went watch her try lift her leg up over the top. She looked like she was trying for climb out of the pool. When she almost went make em, I went try push her okole up for help. I get em, I get em. But she never get em. So I went push her okole anyway. I was going laugh at her and ask her why she always never go up the easy way, but I never like make her mad because I never like get hassle all day. She never even went say thank you. Then she went start running. Oh, slow down. You go and fall under water. So what? I can swim. Not if you hit your kolohe head on the rocks. I no stay kolohe. I go and tell mom you called me kolohe again. Kule, kule, you know she go and give us dirty lickings if we stay bad her. Then no tell me what for do. See what I stay mean? Kolohe. Whatever's, go drown down. I no care. I go and tell mom you and tell me for drown. You stay crazy. You like run, go done. The wall stay slippery. You going fall. You going hit your head. You going drown. Lucky calm the water today, so no stay slippery. But she was too kolohe for notice. Sometimes get big waves and no can walk under wall. When that happens, we sometimes sit across from it under the big banyan tree next to the banyan court mall and laugh at the stupid tourists that walk on the sidewalk next to the wall. All the locals who stay working in the restaurants and shops just laugh when the tourists get hit by big waves. I remember one time, one guy was walking on the top and he never even see the wave coming and he got hit so hard, he fell off the wall onto Ali Drive. They wouldn't have to call the ambulance. I never went laugh then. Hey, little girl. I hope they aren't talking to me. I look over, and of course, they are talking to my little sister. She smiles at them. Her teeth stay white in her dark summer skin. Her long brown hair stay wet against her back. She stay the perfect little Hawaiian. I see an old Howley man waving a big quarter at her. I like tell her for no go, but she never stay listen to me. Would you like this quarter? I can see my sister's smile get wider. She one shark now. She not going be one tiny manini. He throws it way out into the water. My sister's eyes stay follow it until she knows where it's going for hit, and she runs and dives off to pier. Look at her go. I don't know if I could swim half so well when I was her age. These kids must be born in the water. I like tell him that we went learn because our dad went throw us in and went tell us for swim, sink or swim, not real hard for learn. My sister's head pops out of the water, and she's holding the quarter. Hot damn, I can't believe she actually found it. She puts the quarter in her mouth, swims back to the rock wall, and crawls up it like a spider. She takes the quarter out of her mouth, 
smiles and shows it to the old howly man. His old howly wife looks at my sister with stink eye. Thank you, she says to the old howly couple. We better get going, Herbert. We've got a lot of sightseeing to do, and we have to be back at the boat by sunset. She pulls her husband hard as he stays staring at my little sister's wide, happy smile. Another tourist walks up to her. He's holding a quarter, too. Would you like to die for this one, too? She nods. She stays smiling still. I know what she stay thinking. She can buy one ice cream now or play two video games, and she not going to have to spend the money our mom won't give us. He throws the quarter way past where the old howly man with the angry howly wife went throw his. Again, my sister, she stay watch it until it's about to hit, and she runs as hard as she can, jumps, and dives as far as she can. Just look at her. He's just staring at where my sister is swimming under the water. He's not as old as the old howly man, but he's still old. He's by himself. No more old stink-eye howly wife. No more friends. He stay tall, wearing long white shorts and an orange striped shirt. He watches my sister. She's taking her sweet time. Finally, I see him smile. His teeth stay white in his gold skin. I look out and I see her little head floating on the blue water, and her arm is in the air. I'm never going to hear the end of it. She going brag about how she got both quarters all day. He waves at her, gives her a big thumbs up, and walks along the pier to the seawall. I watch him go down Ali Drive, his shoulders and blonde head disappearing behind the wall as my sister climbs back up. You and see that? I the best. Yeah, yeah, no need get all high maka maka. You stay jealous, cause you never get free money. I no stay jealous, I just no like tourists. You stay crazy, tourists stay give us money. Yeah, they stay give you money, but it no stay free. Why? We stay already swimming. That no stay to point. You jealous is why. I never like keep hassling with her. You stay pow swimming, I like go already. I like try get more money. No more any more tourists. She looks around, and they had all moved on to wherever tourists go when they come visit our island. Shoots, let's go. I pick up our clothes, our slippers, and my backpack, and we walk across to pier to the other side where the hotel's tourist beach stay. It get one shower we can use. We pass where one of the canoe clubs keep their canoes. They look ready for getting to water. Never have too many tourists on the beach yet. We walk past the beach to the pool, and I try not for listen to the tourists around us. This beach is very cute. Yeah, but it's too small. Too bad it isn't bigger like white kiki. Those tiki look strange. You'd think they'd be scarier. I think that's a temple, but it's not a very good tourist attraction. Why don't they just tear it down and make something more interesting? We went to the hotel's luau last night. They pulled out a cooked pig from the ground. Did you see those poor saps get pulled on stage? They made them wear coconut shell bras and grass skirts. There's a big sign next to the pool entrance, hotel guests only. I hate that sign. I never like go swimming in their stupid pool anyways. I turn on the water and rinse all the salt and sand off of me. I think about sitting on the lounge chairs by the pool or soaking in their hot tub. Hey, cool, you taking forever. Kule kule, I try and forget to sand out of my suit. I get out and my sister gets in. I dry off and wait for her. Now who stay taking forever? I getting out already. She dries off and we go to the bathroom nearby. It's still clean. Never have all the sand from all the tourists and locals yet. 
One day, I go and get so much money for diving, I bet I go and get $5. You go and have to dive like 25 times. You stay crazy. Why bother you? What tourists get 25 quarters for throw you? You so low-low. I not low-low. She gives me the stink eye as she walks out of the bathroom. I went follow her because I know she stay getting ready for do something stupid like call mom on the payphone. Hey, where you stay going? She never answered me and I knew she going to try to get me dirty lickings. Fine then, you not Lolo. She stops. You know tourists no care what kid go die for them, right? They just like watch you get their money. So? It's free money. I no care. I stay like diving. She looks at me. She never have stink eyes so I know I stay safe. I know that, but it no stay free. You like diving, but you stay diving for tourists. I look at all the tourists sitting on the beach in front of the hotel. They no care. They just want one show. She looks at them. Maybe I no care. Maybe they stay low, low for giving me free money. We walk past the shower by the hotel pool, the beach that get too many tourists, the canoes that stay ready for the water, back to the pier, and all the kids that still stay diving and swimming. We climb up on the seawall, leaving the pier behind. Melissa Lanis Brownlee with Makalapua. This was published at the Hennepin Review. All wisdom is not taught in your school. The white cotton mu'umu'u we have to wear for graduation scratches and itches and strangles our necks, 
our arms, our wrists. We are enshrouded for the celebration. Our faces and hair, dark, medium, light, a rainbow of humanity, awaiting the next step of our sublimation. We sing praises to the past and sing hope for the future, but they are lies we taste, ash on our tongues. We have been indoctrinated in the very culture that wants nothing to do with us, but we haven't learned that truth, not just yet. We pray to a God that tried to change us to fit his image. Our love, our openness, our welcome, converted to hate, selfishness, exclusion. We drift like ghosts across the stage. Our ancestors, shadows hiding in the corners, telling us, no, don't, free yourself, protest, the irony never crossing our minds as we exchange one white shackle for another. I guess it's time for a little mise. And on the menu today is a snack size interview with our featured musician, who also happens to be our featured writer, Melissa Lanis Brownlee. And Melissa Lanis Brownlee is a native Hawaiian writer living in Japan. She has lots more beautiful work on her website, melissalanisbrownlee.com. Uh, she also has a book coming out, a short story collection uh, called Hard Skin from Juventud Press. And uh, she plays ukulele. And she was kind enough to share one of her original songs and two traditional Hawaiian songs from public domain. And she was also kind enough to answer a few questions for the Violet Hour. One, what is your earliest memory of a ukulele? The most concrete memory I have was playing the ukulele for May Day. I was in the second grade and we learned to play a medley of songs from each of the islands of Hawaii. The ukuleles were beautiful and sounded wonderful. I would give anything to have one of those today. My dream is to have an Alcoa wood ukulele made by a luthier in Hawaii. Two, if you were a rock, what kind would you be and where would you be found? I would be Pahoehoe lava on the sides of Mount Hulalai the smooth flowing lava of the volcano. But more likely, I would be a'a lava, slow and pokey and sharp. Three, what is your songwriting process and creative practice like? When I wrote the songs I've written, they were gifts for my friends, so I took some essence of them and tried to capture it in words and music. I found a chord progression I liked and tried to weave a melody within them. Four, what are your five favorite words associated with possession? Ukulele, daruma, words, ideas, demons. With story? Language, resonance, connection, dense, lyricism. With ocean? Home, freedom, unending, mine, life. Five, if you were to list your current obsessions as newspaper headlines, what would they say? UAS, is it a problem or just a nice collection? 
daily writing isn't for you. I suck at headlines, lol. Bonus. If you were a stuffed animal, what would you be? Does Grogu count? I want to be Grogu. If not, then a Dilophosaurus works too. Thank you so much, Melissa, for sharing your words and music with the Violet Hour. And again, you can find out more about Melissa Lannis Brownlee and read lots more of her gorgeous writing at her website, melissalannisbrownlee.com. That's M-E-L-I-S-S-A-L-L-A-N-E-S-B-R-O-W-N-L-E-E.com. It's me, Mr. Bear. Oh, come on in, Mr. Bear. Happy April Fool's Day. I was going to play a joke on you, but I know you don't really like jokes, so uh, I didn't. Oh, well, well, thanks, because, you know, I'm I'm pretty gullible, so uh, I'm glad you didn't play any jokes on me. Anyway, uh, come on in. I was just reading about chicory flowers. Do you want to hear about them? Of course. I mean, not just the flowers, but the whole plant, but I do love the flowers. They're so pretty and so blue. Uh, And, you know, chicory is uh, one of those bitter greens, kind of like dandelion and, um, you know, that some people might call a weed, but you know how we feel about those people. Um, I sure do. There's no such thing as a weed. Exactly. Just, you know, plants that... um, make the most of uh, the opportunities and can can make a lot out of a little. Um, anyway, we won't get started down down that road again, but um, Chicory, Chicory likes uh, disturbed areas and roadsides and, uh, you know, it's friends with dandelion and um, the, the leaves are, are very bitter, uh, but they're a great uh, salad green. Um, you know, it's gets... That bitter flavor, as you know, gets the digestion going. Um, uh, often uh, you can um, blanch the leaves. Uh, some people find them too bitter to eat, uh, just plain. So you can always blanch them first. Uh, but I like to just nibble on them. And you can even eat those pretty blue flowers. Um, but the roots uh, are often dried and roasted and ground uh, and make a coffee substitute or mixed with coffee. I think back in World War II, um, they couldn't get coffee and they would make um, make do with chicory instead. Uh, but in New Orleans, uh, they're kind of famous for their, their coffee mixed with, with chicory. Uh, yeah, I um actually used to used to find a a green uh, a green no an orange can in the grocery store uh, Cafe du Monde and it was coffee and chicory and delicious. Yeah, I know. I don't I don't know why it's not there anymore in the grocery stores, but I liked I liked that too. But you can just dig up some chicory root and dry it and roast it and grind it and add it to coffee. Um, or you know, I like it without any coffee at all. Um, I my my rise and shine uh, chicory blend I call it uh, with dandelion and burdock and ashwagandha and reishi and. Uh, I just 
throw all those in a pot together with water, bring it to a boil, and then simmer it a long time. And and then it's just, you know, a delicious coffee-ish drink. It's not really, I don't think it really tastes that much like coffee, but it's got that, um, it's got that weight to it, you know, that sort of fullness. I don't know. And you can add a little milk of your choice and, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's delicious. But I was reading about, uh, legends and, and folk tales about chicory today. Oh, really? Uh, what, what'd you find out? Well, I read some interesting ones. Um, like uh, there's one uh, where it says the the sun fell in love with a maiden who had very blue eyes like the sky, and that's why he fell in love with her. Which I think is, you know, it's kind of shallow. I mean, it's it's one reason. I mean, you know, be attracted to someone's eyes, but to you know, that'd be the, the whole reason you want to be with them is kind of silly. But anyway, the son uh, fell in love with this maiden with the blue eyes, and she refused to marry him. And so he turned her into the chicory plant and commanded her to stare at him from sunrise to sunset with blue flowers, the same blue that her eyes used to be. And I mean, really, that's... I mean... Really? You're going to turn someone into a flower and make them look at you? It's so... (sighs) I'm not not a big fan of the sun um, when he does stuff like that. Uh, Anyway, uh, she obviously was very upset, and her her mother was a witch, and she, you know, asked her if she could please turn her back into a human, and her her mother tried, but uh, she couldn't actually do it, but she weakened the enchantment so that at noon, uh, the chicory... flowers would close up so that she could have a little respite a little a little break from having to stare at the sun so uh wow that's that's quite the story i know right um and then uh another one there was a sorcerer who had a daughter again with the blue eyes and uh she was going to be married to this handsome handsome youth and then a rival killed the youth and the maiden was very upset and she killed herself and the sorcerer father was so sad and he turned her into the chicory plant uh so she could uh be be by her her a dead beloved um and so he could be reminded of his his daughter and her blue eyes but the rival was really mad and he sent a swarm of ants to destroy the chicory flower but the ants turned on him instead and drove him off a cliff and he died um and anyway that chicory chicory plant still has um blue flowers Wow, these are, you know, have you ever noticed all these tales are always so uh, dramatic and, um, you know, a bit sad and... I know, but they're so fascinating. Um, And there's another legend that goes, that believes chicory, if you have the chicory charm, you can open any door or locked, any locked door or box, anything that has... No matter how strong the lock or the bar, you can open it and you'll be invisible. Uh, so, you know, that's that's something a lot of people would want. But to get that 
to get the charm, to get the chicory to have that magic, you have to dig it up on St. James Day, July 25th, at the stroke of midnight, cut it with a golden knife in absolute silence, and if the person harvesting it so much as sighs makes any noise, then they die immediately or shortly after. Wow, well, uh, I could see why people might be discouraged, actually, from trying to uh, dig up chicory at that time. I know, it's kind of taking a risk. I mean, maybe if you taped your mouth shut or something, but it's, um, especially if you're digging in the ground, I feel like it might be hard to, to get away without making any sound, and who has a golden knife anyway? But anyway, um, I just, um, I just found all of that fascinating, so... Oh, I, I do too. Um, so yeah, uh, let's um, do you have any of that, you know, chicory decoction? I do, and I've already poured you a cup. Oh, thanks, Miss Mousy. You're, you're the best. Tea and stories, I know. What more? What more can you ask for in a friend? Well, you could ask for April Fool's jokes. Oh, no, I don't think so. Just kidding. Uh, why don't we take these outside and and go sit in the darkness of the new moon and look up at the sky and um, be really quiet and think about golden knives and chicory and locks and ants and things. Oh, uh, yeah, that, that sounds great, Miss Mousy. Uh, why don't I just go wrap up the show real quick and uh, and then meet you, meet you back outside. Okay, sounds like a plan. See you soon. Okay, uh, back in a flash. And that's the show, folks. Uh, thanks so much for spending a little time with me in the Violet Hour uh, this new moon in April. Uh, I'm going to leave you with uh, a parting oracle, as usual, from Francine Pascal's Sweet Valley High, number 74, The Perfect Girl, Robin Will Do Anything to Keep George. So I will just paw through... And read us our oracle, our April oracle. Well, I'd have to hear more about this event, Mrs. Loman said slowly. Jessica smiled even wider. I knew you would. Okay, uh, I'll say that one more time. Well, I'd have to hear more about this event, Mrs. Loman said slowly. Jessica smiled even wider. I knew you would. So that's your oracle. Interpret as you please. Thanks again for being here. I hope you enjoyed the work of Melissa Lonis Brownlee. Uh, again, she has lots more gorgeous writing on her website, melissalonisbrownlee.com. And her book, Hard Skin, will be coming out with Juventud Press at flowersongpress.com so uh that's that's all i got uh i'll be back with you for the full moon so until then take care and be kind to each other theme song and show music by sugar whiskey 
Mr. Bear and Miss Mousy believe in radical love and kindness, in mutual aid, and empowering ourselves and our communities. Together, we can dismantle the white, racist, colonizing, misogynistic, capitalist, homophobic, transphobic, ableist patriarchy. This podcast was recorded on Potawatomi, Kickapoo, Miami, Sioux, and Peoria land. Text your zip code or city comma state to 907-312-5085 and find out whose land you're living on. Uh, You can also go to land.codeforanchorage.org for more information. There's also a helpful map at native-land.ca. This is just the first step in developing a land acknowledgement. Let's learn our history and honor the land and indigenous peoples, past, present, and future. This podcast was produced in collaboration with the Boston Free Radio Podcast Network, part of bostonfreeradio.com and Somerville Media Center, Somerville's longest-running public access media center that enables a vibrant and diverse community to express its creativity, explain its ideas, share its cultures, and foster the individual right to freedom of speech. Learn more about Somerville Media Center at somervillemedia.org or check out some of the other amazing Boston Free Radio podcasts and radio shows at bostonfreeradio.com. Thanks for listening.